On Tobit's test, the second key theme that strikes me is, why does God test us? If God is omniscient, that is, there is nothing God doesn't know, then why is God testing us when He already knows us better than we do? Hello and welcome. The Setting Apart Podcast is a pit stop where you can get nourished, encouraged, and refreshed whenever you need a break. I am your host, IP, and every episode, I get to share my stories, my outlook, my reflections on all things inspired through the lens of faith. So grab yourself a coffee, sit back, relax, and chill. In the last episode, the reaction of Tobit and Anna yearning for their son's return reminds me of the compassion and unconditional love our Heavenly Father has for us from the parable of the prodigal son. Whereas the Heavenly Father brings about mercy and salvation to the prodigal son, Tobit is on the receiving end through his son Tobiah via Raphael, the angel of the Lord. In my mind, The fathers are on both sides of the same coin. Tobit's blindness reminded me of spiritual blindness from the healing of the blind man in John chapter 9. As it is written in John 9 verse 39, Jesus said, I came into the world for judgment, so that those who do not see might see, and those who do see might become blind. If you are wondering what does those who do see might become blind refer to, I have unpacked John chapter 9 verses 39 to 41 in the last episode. Feel free to check it out. The third thing that um, strikes me about Tobit chapter 11 in the last episode, which I did not explicitly discuss, is the two blind men who were healed both bear witness to the one who healed them. It was implicit because if you have seen my quotation for last episode's podcast, it kind of featured the quote from paragraph 1816 of the CCC and Matthew chapter 10 verses 32 to 33, which reads, Service of and witness to the faith unnecessary for salvation. The blind man in chapter 9 caught the attention of the Pharisees because he was professing how Jesus had cured him of his blindness so that he could see for the very first time. Now despite getting kicked out by the Pharisees, the once blind man proclaimed the truth. In the case of Tobit, first he gives thanks to God for his mercy, then proclaimed the works of God to the Jews in Nineveh. Have a look at Tobit 11 verses 16 to 17. And I quote, When the people of Nineveh saw him coming, walking along briskly with no one leading him by the hand, they were amazed. Before them all, Tobit proclaimed how God had shown mercy to him 
and opened his eyes. That day there was joy for all the Jews who lived in Nineveh. Unquote. This is consistent with paragraph 1816 of the CCC and Matthew 10 verses 32 to 33. And I quote, Everyone who acknowledges me before others, I will acknowledge before my heavenly Father. But whoever denies me before others, I will deny before my heavenly Father. Unquote. In Tobit chapter 12 of this episode, the angel Raphael reveals his identity and exhorts Tobit and Tobiah to praise the Lord in word and in alms always. Now, before we read and reflect on Tobit chapter 12, how are we doing on our daily thanksgiving to God? The first thing we get up. For those who have been consistent since day one, I salute you. I would encourage you to include the St. Ignatius prayer I shared in the last episode's closing prayer as part of your daily routine. There is nothing more profound in giving back everything the Lord our God has given us with absolutely no reservation whatsoever. I myself have missed once or twice here and there when I wake up. So, for the mere mortals like me, let's start from day one again and aim for 30 days of thanksgiving to God, the first thing we get up every day. The Bible I'm reading from is the New American Bible or the NAB online version, taken from the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops or the USCCB website. For the book of Tobit, I also refer to the online version of the Dewey Reims Bible, which is a translation from the Latin Vulgate, whereas the NAB is translated from the Septuagint or the Greek version. As always, the show notes can be found on the website, and the URL is www.settingapart.com, and setting apart is one word. All resources used, for example, scripture verses, reflection questions, YouTube links where subtitles of every episode this season is uploaded, all of these for the podcast and more can be found in the show notes. I invite you to read along Tobit chapter 12 with me. If you do not have a Bible handy, I got you covered. Check out the Setting Apart channel on YouTube where you can find the subtitles or transcripts for all the episodes in this season there. Again, the YouTube links can be found in the show notes on the Setting Apart website. As you read along the scripture with me, since it is the Word of God, please do not rush through them. Take the time to read them slowly and prayerfully, much like you take the time to chew and savor a fine dining course slowly and deliberately. Read it two to three times. Let the words saturate your mind. Take note of the particular word, phrase, verse, or ideas that strike you. Keep coming back to them as you read two to three times to discern what God is saying to you through the word, phrase, verse, or ideas. 
Now, let us quiet down our heart for the opening prayer. As we prepare to read and listen to the Word of God, let us pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Lord, all thanks and glory belong to you. We thank you for gathering us in your name to listen attentively to you with our hearts. As it is written, as your word unfolds, it gives light. Even the simple understand. We pray that the Holy Spirit in our midst could guide us in opening our ears and our heart to be enlightened by your word. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Tobit, chapter 12. When the wedding celebration came to an end, Tobit called his son Tobiah and said to him, Son, see to it that you pay his wages to the man who made the journey with you and give him a bonus too. Tobiah said, Father, how much shall I pay him? It would not hurt to give him half the wealth he brought back with me. He let me back safe and sound, healed my wife, brought the money back with me, and healed you. How much should I pay him? Tobit answered, It is only fair, son, that he should receive half of all that he brought back. So Tobiah called Raphael and said, Take as your wages half of all that you have brought back, and farewell. Raphael called the two of them aside privately and said to them, Bless God and give him thanks before all the living for the good things he has done for you, by blessing and extolling his name in song. Proclaim before all with due honor the deeds of God and do not be slack in thanking him. A king's secret should be kept secret, but one must declare the works of God and give thanks with due honor. Do good and evil will not overtake you. Prayer with fasting is good. Almsgiving with righteousness is better than wealth with wickedness. It is better to give alms than to store up gold. For almsgiving saves from death and purges all sin. Those who give alms will enjoy a full life. But those who commit sin and do evil are their own worst enemies. I shall now tell you the whole truth and conceal nothing at all from you. I have already said to you, a king's secret should be kept secret. But one must declare the works of God with due honor. Now, when you, Tobit, and Sarah prayed, it was I who presented the record of your prayer before the glory of the Lord. 
and likewise whenever you used to bury the dead. When you did not hesitate to get up and leave your dinner in order to go and bury that dead man, I was sent to put you to the test. At the same time, however, God sent me to heal you and your daughter-in-law, Sarah. I am Raphael, one of the seven angels who stand and serve before the glory of the Lord. Greatly shaken, the two of them fell prostrate in fear. But Raphael said to them, Do not fear. Peace be with you. Bless God now and forever. As for me, when I was with you, I was not acting out of any favor on my part, but by God's will. So bless God every day. Give praise with song. Even though you saw me eat and drink, I did not eat or drink anything. What you were seeing was a vision. So now bless the Lord on earth and give thanks to God. Look, I am ascending to the one who sent me. Write down all that has happened to you. And he ascended. They stood up, but were no longer able to see him. They kept blessing God and singing his praises. And they continued to give thanks for these marvelous works that God had done because an angel of God appeared to them. So finally, Raphael reveals his true identity in this chapter. According to the Ignatius Catholic Study Bible by Scott Hahn and Curtis Mitch, the Book of Tobit sheds more light on angel and demon than any other book of the Old Testament. Demons are known to have a perverse interest in human affairs and a real ability to harm them. The fallen spirit, Asmodeus, is a case in point, only to be driven away and bound by the authority of Raphael. The archangel Raphael, who stands in God's presence, ministers in heaven by bringing the prayers of Tobit and Sarah before God, and on earth by directing the footsteps of Tobiah, by binding the evil spirits tormenting his bride-to-be, and by revealing the cure for Tobit's blindness. As we are coming towards the end of the book of Tobit, my reflection revolves the Christian spirituality revealed by Raphael, the archangel, just as Raphael is revealing his true identity. The two main themes that strike me are, one, Raphael's exhortation, and two, Tobit's test. Now, Raphael's exhortation can be seen in Tobit chapter 12, verses 6 to 8. There are three of them. Let's unpack them. In Tobit chapter 12, verse 6, Raphael said, Bless God and give Him thanks before all the living for the good things He has done for you, by blessing and extolling His name in song. 
proclaim before all with due honor the deeds of God and do not slack in thanking Him. What's the first thing that Raphael said? Give thanks to God. That's exactly what we are doing the first thing we get up, to give thanks to God for all that He has given us, and also to profess our faith and bear witness to the Lord. Again, this is exactly what we talked about at the top of the episode. That would be paragraph 1816 of the CCC and Matthew chapter 10 verses 32 to 33. In Tobit 12, verse 7, Raphael said, A king's secret should be kept secret, but one must declare the works of God and give thanks with due honor. Do good, and evil will not overtake you. What is a king's secret? Well, according to St. Jerome, and I quote, That king who is the Son of God is the Son of the Father who is king. Therefore, his precepts should be kept, his will done. And this is exactly what is written in the book of Tobit. It is good to hide the secret of the king. Now, to be kept secret is to keep close to the heart. In other words, to remember by heart. And therefore, in Tobit 12, verse 7, what it means is we must keep God's precepts, His commandments, His teachings close to the heart and let His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And therefore, what Tobit 12, verse 7 means is that we must keep God's precepts, His commandments, His teachings close to the heart and let His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, of the three exhortations, Tobit 12 verse 8 resonates with me the most. It reads, Prayer with fasting is good. Almsgiving with righteousness is better than wealth with wickedness. It is better to give alms than to store up gold. In the Dewey Reams Bible, it reads as, Prayer is good with fasting and alms, more than to lay up treasures of gold. The key words to me are prayers, fasting, and almsgiving. For Catholics, we are very familiar with them as we intensify our prayers, fasting, and almsgiving during Lent. Now, what resonates with me is that these are the three pillars of Lent that Jesus in His humanity used to overcome the three temptations of Satan in the desert for 40 days. Therefore, these are very practical disciplines that we can apply in our daily struggles with overly indulgent temptations. The first temptation is for Jesus to use God's power to meet His own very real hunger needs. It is the lust of the flesh. The lust of the flesh is part of worldliness, driven by the desire for worldly, selfish pleasures, which draw our hearts away from God and ultimately lead to death. To help us build up the virtue to be detached from the lust of the flesh, we fast. 
We fast not because the food is not good for you, but it is so good that you have developed a disordered desire to be too attached to them. According to St. Clement of Alexandria, and I quote, Fasting signifies abstinence from all evils whatsoever, both in action and in word and in thought itself. Unquote. Therefore, to fast is to abstain from all lust of the flesh. The second temptation is for Jesus to subject to the devil so that the fallen angel can offer Jesus the kingdoms of the world and their glory to him. The lust of the eyes is everything that appeals to the eyes' insatiable demands. To counter the disordered desire of possessions, we give our possessions away. Therefore, almsgiving helps to build up the virtue to be detached from our possessions or the lust of the eyes. The third temptation is to push the envelope of Jesus' forbearance or tolerance to show a sign that he is the Son of Man. The pride of life is everything that appeals to haughtiness, arrogance, and pride. It is our desire to be recognized for our efforts rather than for the good of our efforts. Again, like the two previous disordered desires, there is nothing wrong with a little bit of recognition. But if the desire for recognition becomes obsessive, that we become a slave to it, then it becomes a disordered desire. Prayer helps us to build the virtue of humility, to help build up the virtue to be detached from pride and disordered self-love. According to St. Cyprian of Carthage, and I quote, those who pray should not come to God with fruitless or naked prayers. Petition is ineffectual or ineffective when it is a barren entreaty that beseeches God. For as every tree that brings not forth fruit is cut down and cast into the fire. Assuredly also, words that do not bear fruit cannot deserve anything of God because they are fruitful in no result. And thus, Holy Scripture instructs us, saying, Prayer is good with fasting and almsgiving. Unquote. So Tobit is a good example of how prayer and almsgiving work. Tobit's almsgiving and his works of mercy in feeding and clothing the needy, burying the dead, earned the service of Raphael, the archangel, ascending his prayer to the Lord and descending with the Lord's mercy and blessings. Likewise, the prayer and fasting of Tobiah cast out the demon from Sarah. Recall in Tobit chapter 6, verse 18 of the Dewey Weems Bible version, Raphael instructed Tobiah to fast from his lust for Sarah and pray. And I quote, And for three days keep yourself continent from her. Give yourself to nothing else but to prayers with her. 
Unquote. Interestingly, elsewhere in the Bible, when asked by his disciples why they could not cast out the demon from the boy in Mark chapter 9, verse 28, also of the DRB, or the Dewey Reims Bible version, Jesus has this to say. This kind can go out by nothing but by prayer and fasting. Unquote. Note that both um, Tobit 6 verse 18 and Mark 9 verse 28 were quoted from the Dewey Reims Bible so that the translation is consistent. Again from Tobit 12 verse 8. Prayer is good with fasting and almsgiving. One last thing I would say about Raphael's exhortation in Tobit chapter 12 is Jesus showed us that the triple concupiscence of lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and pride of life can be overcome. In his humanity, Jesus conquered them with fasting, almsgiving, and prayer, respectively, and then to give us the grace and strength to do the same. And what do you know? This practical discipline is found in the book of Tobit, written probably around the early 2nd century BC, fulfilled and taught by Jesus in the Gospels about 200 years later. Wow, what a gift. Now from time to time, you might hear me exclaim about timelines from the Old Testament to the New Testament. This is because I remember when I was inquiring about the faith, one of the key questions I asked during my RCIA was, who wrote the Bible? For the life of me, I couldn't understand what he means by, it is written by inspired authors. Moments like this, and there are many others, are the answer to my query. It is the realization that the Bible, though it was written through human hands, it cannot be the work of human hands. Amen? Amen. On Tobit's test, the second key theme that strikes me is, why does God test us? I mean, from Tobit 12, verse 14, it reads, and I quote, I was sent to put you to the test. At the same time, however, God sent me to heal you and your daughter-in-law, Sarah. End of quote. If God is omniscient, that is, there is nothing God doesn't know, then why is God testing us when He already knows us better than we do? If we read Tobit 12, verse 14 again, the first half reads, I was sent to put you to the test. But the second half reads, At the same time, however, God sent me to heal you and your daughter-in-law, Sarah. So the Divine Father may test the strength of our faith, but His ultimate purpose is to heal and restore us with mercy. Let me tell you what St. Augustine said. And I quote, In truth, Tobit was stricken with the calamity of blindness in order to receive the angel as a physician. Unquote. 
That is the theology from the book of Tobit. The test is to help purify us. As Catholics, we may have the fullness of truth from Jesus, but we often fail in practice. Whenever we fail, it is a test of our faith, so that we may keep making changes in order to be perfected in love. For things to change, we need to change. For things to get better, we need to get better. To be transformed, we need to change often. As St. John Henry Newman puts it, to live is to change, and to be perfect is to have changed often. And so today, how often have you changed? What was the last thing you have changed, and when was it? I read a beautiful homily by a Father Jack Peterson in the Arlington Catholic Herald on the Canaanite woman from Matthew chapter 15, and I'd like to paraphrase uh, what he says in essence and share with you. The truth is that God is not afraid to test our faith and our love for Him. It is important to realize that the test flows from His love for us. God tests our faith sometimes for our good and the good of the others. The test makes our faith real and personal. Love is not truly love until it has been tested in fire. Faith is not truly faith until it has been tested as well. I firmly believe in that. A friend in need is a friend indeed, right? The saints know a thing or two about being tested. St. Paul reminds us in the 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13 that God never tests us beyond our capacity. You can trust that God will not let you be put to the test beyond your strength, but with any trial will also provide a way out by enabling you to put up with it. Sometimes it seems like we can't hang on anymore, especially if we rely on our own powers and we are tempted to give up. We should take courage in the knowledge that God will always provide. He will always offer us the grace needed to endure it. And we can see this in both Tobit and Sarah from the book of Tobit. Both could not withstand the constant reproaches from among their peers, through no fault of theirs. Though they remained faithful, they prayed to God to let him die. Little did they know Raphael has been sent to heal them at the same time. Now we see Jesus testing the faith of others in the Gospels as well. The faith of the Canaanite woman in Matthew 15 verses 21 to 28 comes to mind. If you're not familiar with the account, please feel free to check it out. That would be Matthew 15 verses 21 to 28. Jesus in his humanity was not spared from being tested as well. 
He was tested in the desert for 40 days before he began his public ministry on earth. As we have unpacked Raphael's exhortation in the context of the three temptations of Jesus in the desert. But Jesus was tested most notably on the cross. He endured to the end in faith, not despairing of his father's goodness, no matter how it looked. And it looked pretty bad, being crucified on the cross, and people were chanting, If you were God, save yourself from the cross. In his humanity, Jesus was obedient unto death, death on a cross. And the Father glorified him by raising him from death on the third day and by seating him at his right hand in heaven. True believers are not put off by what can look like God's adversarial detachment. True believers hang on for dear life, knowing the goodness of the one upon whom they have cast all their hope. And that is the mystery of our Christian faith, hope, and love. In summary, first, Raphael's exhortation contains three spiritual wisdom. One, always give thanks to God for everything He has done for you and always profess your faith and bear witness to the Lord. Two, we must keep God's commandments close to the heart and let His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Three, prayer is good with fasting and alms more than to lay up treasures of gold. Now these are the three practical disciplines that Jesus used to conquer the triple concupiscence in the world. Second, the Divine Father may test the strength of our faith, but His ultimate purpose is to heal and restore us with mercy. In closing, let us pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, all thanks and glory belong to you. The book of Tobit is a good reminder of the practical discipline we have at our disposal to counter the triple concupiscence of lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and pride of life that we encounter in this world. Our Lord Jesus Christ, in His humanity, has overcome them. He conquered them with fasting, almsgiving, and prayers, respectively. We pray that we may have the grace and the strength to do the same. We pray that we may not fall into our own temptation, but that you may deliver us from evil. Humbly, we pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening all the way to the end. If you like what you hear, please like, subscribe, and get notified. Thank you, and God bless.